In response, a legacy podcast is brought to you by greatnessatanycost.com and austrian-legacy.com. Hello folks and welcome to the Christmas special, the 13th episode of the In Response, a legacy podcast. I'm Philip Klein. I'm Daniel. And I'm Peter Plank. And we're talking about Christmas, a uh, uh, legacy. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so in today's episode, at first we're talking, uh, like always, about things that happen in our lives. Then we have a very special guest for you. And um, he will talk about how we uh, play MTG during the COVID crisis. Then we talk about uh, other formats than Legacy, which is part of our Christmas special. Uh, and then also we're talking about our Christmas uh, wishes for Magic the Gathering and also our personal Christmas wishes for this year. And so for today, I'm thinking we're starting with Peter. Peter, what's up? What happens in your life at the moment? Yeah, currently there is a few things going on, a few stuff, a few things to do for university, having to help out my sister because she's together with a farmer and he's yeah, selling Christmas trees. And so there is actually a lot of work going on. And yeah, so I'm a little bit tired in the last few days, but yeah, everything is going fine. That's kind of the same thing for me, actually. Um, I have a lot of things going on at university, so I can definitely see why you're tired. It's, <laughs> it's basically the same for me all the time as well. I have to work late and even on the weekends now um, to finish the last experiments I have to do for my PhD thesis. Um, yeah. So I can see where you're coming from, Peter. <laughs> yeah. And so so we so you pretty much covered up your past few weeks, Daniel. I <laughs> Basically, <yeah. laughs> it, it doesn't feel uh, like Christmas yet, uh, of course, due to that. Yeah. For, for me, neither. And what about you, Phil? Oh, yeah. Um, my uh, my life is basically a roller coaster at the moment. Um, it's just very stressful. Uh, I go over with work. So um, uh, basically what happens in my life at the moment is uh, I, I, got to, uh, I have to work till Christmas Day. So uh, and my girlfriend is moving in on the, also on the first uh, day of Christmas. So we, we got to do all the moving and uh, and she has to work and I has to work and all, all the things uh, and also with the whole Christmas stress that happens each year. Uh, and that's just really much. Um, yeah. So basically, uh, I have to make room for doing something like the Austrian Legacy League commentary and also for things like this podcast. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm feeling fine. I'm doing great. I'm very happy that she's moving in with me. Um, it's certainly a new part of, of my life that's uh, beginning right now. And 
it's cool that uh, 2020 uh, will end with a little bit on a positive note for me. So it was a very, very stressful year and it had, had certainly more downs than ups. And yeah, it's good to end on something positive in these hard times. Yeah, and talking about something positive, we have now, I think, a very positive impact on our podcast here. So we would like to introduce you to your Christmas present, your <laughs> listeners. Uh, and this is our first really big guest. And yeah, how are you doing, Mark? Hey, yeah. Thanks for inviting me. I'm actually not um, that big despite Christmas time. I'm trying to not gain too much weight, but that's okay. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm totally happy to be here. I, I love the name of your podcast, especially. I like to do things in response, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> you, you got it. You got it. Actually, yeah, that, yeah. that's definitely my playstyle. <laughs> we're, we're basically three combo players. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so three combo players doing the in response podcast. But at least you're you're inviting a control player, so that's fine, right? Yeah, we need some. Sometimes we need a little bit more control in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. You you already said you are you are a control player, and just I think you don't. I mean, you said you maybe need a little bit of an introduction because you are not that big. But yeah, you are actually the last GP winner of an legacy GP, and I mean we hope so that it won't be the last legacy GP we have. I mean. Before COVID, there wasn't actually one annou announced for the first half of 2020, but we will definitely hope that we can see everyone on GP grinding and Legacy GP playing back in 2021. I mean, more, more so 2022, actually. And yeah, so welcome to the podcast. And yeah, do you have... Any few words to our listeners? Yeah, thank you again. Um, yeah, I won the, I won the last uh, Legacy GP uh, with Bunt Miracles, actually, so controlling deck. And um, I, I guess I can talk about that uh, a bit more later. But uh, for now, but for now, um, I, I just want to not uh, worry about more legacy gps actually I, I i would be very happy if uh if, if wizards continues these gps but from my experience i've played all the different competitive formats that wizards um, uh, promotes and legacy has by far the best community i think the players are all super invested everybody that plays legacy i think plays with a passion it's really a, almost a life choice to play legacy so i wouldn't be worried at all there will be big events especially also in europe uh, we have the italians who um, who promote legacy a lot we even have stores in in, in germany you you do your austrian league right yeah so yeah. I, i'm not worried about the future of legacy even if wizards doesn't promote it as much anymore the community is just so great that uh, agree, yeah. it will live on for sure yeah, definitely. I mean, the the tournament you are talking about in Italy is, I think, the Four Seasons tournament, and yeah, it's I've, in Bologna. 
Yeah, and there is also and Ovino Gaddon, right? Oh yeah, also the basically yeah. the the nor the Italian uh, legacy scene is huge compared to our German speaking counterparts. Yeah, yeah that's I true. I mean, there is the eternal clash, I think, in the northern of uh, Germany with regularly over 100 players, which happens, I think, twice a year or something like that. I mean, while Corona it's paused, and yeah, definitely a few big tournaments. I mean, not as big as the GP, but yeah, community-driven format for sure. And Definitely, yeah, and with it's it's just the most important thing to play with friends. Uh, before the GP, I actually didn't play online or anything. I just played on the Friday Night Magics, which were offers in Munich every week. And it's just the community here is great. There's good players, which is I guess what trained me for the event. Just the uh, very competitive side of, of 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 some of these players, and we tried out all the matchups. And it's just for me personally, I'm so sad in these Corona times because. You you know the most fun part about magic the gathering is definitely the gathering for me so um and, and that's gonna live sure. on uh, yeah um how many people did attend to your fnms in munich between in 10 and 20 in general okay yeah that's okay actually that's quite a good number yeah yeah we, we had multiple times we had several pots of legacy they they split up if we are 16 or more players so mm -hmm. that, that's uh, quite the crowd and you can actually before corona time you could just write in the facebook chat and you could almost every day find someone to meet and play legacy in munich oh that's great Th that's really really good um yeah uh with that i think we can start with our first talk about topic which would be how to magic the gathering while corona um and yeah i mean we can't really play in person as we said already um most of the countries are currently in a in a lockdown situation or something like that i think you in in germany have a strict lockdown currently yeah that's true and yeah. and we are going into a hard lockdown on the second day of christmas yeah, 26th. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the 26th of December. Uh, and it spans the time of about, I think, uh, until the 18th of January. Yeah, which is the most recent plan. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. We, we don't know what will, uh, what will be the plan after this time. Um, maybe it will get prolonged. Um, until then, we got to uh, play MTG um, without the gathering, also online. And yeah, so with that, we only have two solutions for that to play MTG. And this is the O after MTG, which would be Magic the Gathering online or the next good thing we have here and this would be webcam magic and yeah i think most of us experience both in the covid times oh, yeah. and yeah for you mark um what do you think is the thing that drives you more so at first i had to start with um, actually a thing that you didn't mention which is a magic arena because i qualified for the <laughs> players tour finals and um, actually the players too before that and both those were online events and I had to prepare for them because there were quite some prizes on the line 
um, yeah, both times I made it to day two and, and, and grabbed some, some prizes actually. But both times I didn't have that much fun. I was actually frustrated because normally, you know, the, the traveling part is so huge. And especially if you qualify for, for like the players tour, players tour finals, I think it's so nice to meet all the pro players, actually play against them. And now these, these days you just have to sit in your room and play in front of your computer, be all like concentrated and felt more like uh, more like a test or something that I had to take and perform well than actually like the fun event that um, magic events used to be for me. So I didn't, didn't like that too much. It's, I got a bit frustrated about that. Um, but then I still missed Legacy so much. So I, I, I started a Moto account, um, I think in August. And in the beginning, I wasn't, wasn't also not feeling too good because, yeah, you, you have to actually um, get used to the modern mechanics. And also, I didn't have any cards. But um, then it kind of caught up to me because there was like an event where you could just uh, take part and have all the cards on Modo at the same time. I think the first one was like PAX East, I think. And then there was a second yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, thanks to PAX East, yeah. Yeah, and then there was a second one, Eternal Eternal Weekend. So I started I started playing Modo with this first event. That's what what got me like interested, I guess, because yeah, I had I had access to all the cards, and then I, I caught on to the mechanics, played like two leagues, and then uh, yeah, did well in that event. I think um, yeah, I immediately 4-0 the qualifier, and then got top 16 in the in the main event, I think, and that that was enough for the for the prices to buy a, a legacy deck online and. So then I had my legacy deck and was ready to go. <laughs> okay. And uh, <laughs> since then, I'm just enjoying enjoying Magic Online. I think I won my first challenge I played online, actually. So that was also really? good. Uh, uh, then I started streaming, and that also went extremely well. So um, both from the winning percentage side and also just from meeting the community. Um, so I got a bit more of a positive vibe there. I um, don't do it right now as much, the streaming part, because it drains a lot of my uh, energy and I have a full-time job, I have two children and I realized that um, adding streaming on top of this and then also I like to play in between like Hearthstone games or just fool around on Modo and not stream it and in some that was just too much time so I'm not streaming too much mm. these days. But I still enjoy it and I'll do it from time to time just to, you know, kind of meet everyone that, that I usually would meet at the events. And then the second part, uh, the, the, the camera play. Uh, I think as soon as you got the bump of doing your camera setup, which is kind of annoying in the beginning, you have to like, yeah, I guess get something for your cell phone to stick it in and install some tools. But once you got all these things set up, it's actually quite fun. And I um, introduced like the Bavarian Legacy Masters, which originally are named this way because they should actually be um, in person in pots where always just like four people have to meet. But due to Corona, this wasn't even possible anymore. Or let's say due to the rising Corona numbers. And so I switched it to an online um, camera play and it worked really well. So I had a lot of fun doing it, but I have to admit playing magic on, um, on camera can get a bit um, messy because especially in legacy control decks, you do have a lot of permanence on the board. The graveyard is very important and it's basically impossible to see everything all the time. So that's kind of the, 
the, the, the little downside there, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. We have also some difficulties. We're experiencing the same with the Austrian Legacy League Cup. Um, also, also the lighting isn't always uh, right from your uh, from the players, so sometimes you got to um, uh, tell them they they should change the lighting or uh, or make it even even more light. It's a little bit hard for the coverage team to um, get every aspect of the game that's going on for sure. And that's one hurdle that you have to overcome. And it's oftentimes hard to communicate to the players attending these events um, that they have to set up right or as right as they can do it, let's say. Oh, yeah, we actually, which I forgot to mention, we actually streamed the top four of the Bavarian Legacy Masters League. It was mm -hmm. quite awesome because Julian and Michael Bonde. Um, were our commentators which are both like great commentators great legacy players and it was really cool to to see basically this event climax in this top four i played in the top four as well i got i was undefeated in the swiss but unfortunately lost in the uh, semi-finals to snowco Thank oh, you. that's bad. That's unfortunate. No, it's not bad. I, I had a lot of fun, <laughs> and I um, I actually won the first the first league that I met. So I, I can't just always organize leagues with like great prizes and just win them on my own. That would be fishy, right? <laughs> no, it was it. I, I was very happy that someone else won. Yeah, but but sometimes it happens. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I've tuned in into the stream, and it was uh, really great. And I think you did a really nice job there. Thank you, thank you. It was you. really yeah. cool. And also, yeah, also sure. uh, with the two great commentators, Julian and Michael Bonde, they also brought their special flair into, uh, into all of this. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and with that, uh, you uh, switched over to actually the topic Baran Legacy Masters. Um, do you think it was, yeah, uh, a really, really big event for you and and did it and was it successful yeah um yeah i definitely think it was a success we didn't have any trouble like doing the event and everybody that um, joined the event gave me very good feedback but i have to admit um, organizing this thing um, was a lot of work and actually convincing people like in the beginning everybody was like sure camera magic uh, if we can't uh, can't play otherwise camera magic i'll do it and then actually a lot of the people that that were telling me they would join didn't join for some i guess i have to admit superficial reasons honestly but i think the most reason was that they didn't want to do the setup and they were like maybe also a bit afraid of this new way or or, or scared that they uh, on how to play via webcam so um um, yeah, uh, we only had like 16 players and it was still a very, um, very much work to organize this thing. I agree. It's basically the same for us, actually. Oh, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it just looks the same. So I think what you have to see there, I, I try to, uh, I see the positive side of it. I had a lot of fun doing it. And I think I, I, I kicked the stone. I, I hope that I can, can get it rolling, more people doing these things, because I personally would like to join. And I think I, I did my part there to, to um, 
to motivate players, to show players that it actually works. But again, it was it was so much work for me, and I I couldn't really handle it with with all the other things that I had to do. So I, I have to make choices what I'm. Um, dedicating my time to so that's why i won't do another event in the in the upcoming future but um, i would definitely encourage other players to do it and i would also join in a in a corporation if someone wants to do it together with me and i can um, i can help organizing it because i know how to do it now that would be definitely interesting but this time i did all the work or most of the work on my own i mean in the finals I got commentators and I got someone help help me up the stream, set up the stream, but the rest was was my work and uh, yeah, uh, that's basically the reason why why I'll um, not do one right away again. Even so, it was great fun and I would love to play more. Yeah, for sure. Um, we already um, said a lot about actually the Austrian Legacy League Cup uh, we are doing currently, and it seems like we practically had the same format. We are currently having a four groups of four people who play together in their own group um, and the two uh, first players, so place one and place two, advance to the quarterfinals. And it seems like it would have been the same as, as you had with the Beren Legacy Masters before moving to, to online because we had the, the whole event planned as an offline event, so... There would be the four uh, players going to the store, playing there. It's getting streamed. Uh, we have one commentator uh, directly from the store. Um, and yeah, we, we moved that whole thing to online because yeah, COVID hits us with yeah, its yeah, restrictions. We, we, <laughs> we basically changed everything in, uh, in just one week to, to webcam. <laughs> And, and I, I did actually do an event before that. That was, as I said, the first event I, I, I actually managed to win on my own. The, so that was a Munich Legacy Masters. And then after that, I did the, the Bavarian Legacy Masters. And the Munich Legacy Masters was actually an event in person. And I both had more fun organizing it and had more fun actually uh, playing in it and seeing all my friends. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to organizing more events in the future which, once COVID is over, but like real-life events. I want to slam real-life cards and, and see my friends and drink a beer, you know. Yeah, I completely for sure. agree. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's definitely the thing that we're all playing for. It's, it's just a community. Yeah, definitely. The gathering is the best part about Magic. It's nothing else. And yeah i think we with organizing i think you already organized not only legacy tournaments if i saw it correctly on my twitter feed but you were also organizing some old school events and or at least one old school event if i remember it correctly um and with that we are moving over to yeah discussing different formats and we've come up with a list of five formats actually um, I think you played all of them. I'm not sure about the last one. And we also have split them up about two different games. Um, and the first two formats are Old School and Old School Commander, which is for sure uh, Magic the Gathering. And the next one is Pokemon 99, the base new format, and Pokemon EX. I think you... I mean, I'm, I'm currently not sure that you have played already in EX, 
but yeah, Pokemon 99 and Base Neo, you, you've already experienced via webcam Pokemon plane because there's currently nothing other possible. Um, and yeah, uh, do you think I'm playing in various different formats um, and various different games? Uh, what are there the, the skills to hone and that you can transfer over to the other card games or board games or in general? So this is definitely the most exciting part for me from this podcast. I'm very sure because <laughs> I, um, I, I like to talk about uh, different formats, um, especially like all the old school formats, both, both the formats that you mentioned from Magic and uh, Pokemon, they are all uh, old school formats where only like the old cards are allowed, the cards which are long out of print. And uh, yeah, I, I like to play with those and I, I love these formats. Also because the resources are not like with all the, the newer or even with legacy, you have like all the resources and basically all the best decks are discovered and maybe you can do like a couple of changes or maybe just brew something up in legacy, I guess. Uh, we, I hope we're gonna talk about the uh, Hull Breacher later, but I, 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 I brewed <laughs> something up together with Jeff White. Um, but yeah, you, you, you can still like brew like certain things, but in these older formats, even so the card pool is fixed and not that huge. The resources are not, not that, that much there. So you can do a lot more like um, doing your, your own inventions, doing your own deck list and doing something different. And actually I realized um, with, with most of these old formats that in the days they were actually played, the best decks were often not discovered even, which is totally funny to me. Like a good example for that, which, which I love is actually pre-Innistrad Legacy, which would be a legacy format, which is, uh, yeah, as the name suggests, uh, right before Innistrad hits. So it's before Snapcaster and Terminus came around. And uh, in, uh, th and in this format, which actually I like to play a lot too, uh, in my opinion, the best deck is Splinter Twin. But if you look at all <laughs> internet sites, you will not find a single Splinter Twin deck list from that time for Legacy. Even so, I'm pretty sure it was the best deck. Okay. And, and why and, do you think so? I, I played it's the pre-Innistrad format um, yeah. uh, quite a bit, so I, I guess that we are going off script here. I hope that's okay. Sure. <laughs> um, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> no, the, the reason that I think so, so in this format, actually, uh, counterbalance top is allowed. And, yeah. um, and you don't have a lot of good uh, flash threads. You do have Vendillion Click. Uh, which you would also play in that deck. But the great thing is that uh, besides just playing uh, Pestermite Sprinter Twin, you can also just Pestermite um, your your top, which you have to tap first, then in response Pestermite mm -hmm. it to untap it, tap it again, and then it actually draws two cards uh, and will be put on top. So Pestermite mm -hmm. is basically your uh, Ice Fang Quartle, which is super overpowered during that time because yeah a flash thread that also uh, draws you a card is unheard of and it even has two power to to, uh, to threaten planeswalkers um, and then at the same time you just have the combo you have all the good cards between uh, brainstorm ponder lightning bolt i think it's 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 the best deck i don't think there's something out there that's better even so um Death Shadow is also really good, and you won't find the Death Shadow list either. So actually, the the, the, the two best decks were probably not discovered at that time. And I'm pretty sure if you had discovered either of them, you could have crushed everything. There's no deck that's good against both those, which is ridiculous to me. 
And um, yeah, it might not be that um, th that uh, prominent in all the older formats that you find something which was like not at all discovered, but you often find decks that um, that beat the meta decks from back in the days where you go like, oh, what want the world championships? And you find the deck that will win against the world championships winning decks like 70-80% easily and that's that's sick to me uh, because uh, yeah there, there's still a lot of to do and it also shows what uh, negative impacts actually data has on our game because data will just show us this has the best win percentage okay so we need to look at this and then you have so many players playing it and um, then it will also get very very fast with all the smart minds in legacy or not in legacy but also like in in, in the later formats like modern and standard even more when the card pool is smaller they just figure it out and then there's not that much to do for deck construction and i love deck construction i, lo I love to play my own deck um i love to play something off the wall that the other people don't expect and you can do this in these old formats so that that's one of the great reasons for these old formats and the other one is of course you just buy a deck and then you have a deck it will never get old it will never get get bad it will never get like banned or something better comes around because the format is fixed the cards are fixed um so you can play it now you can play it in five years you don't need to train every day to stay up with the meta game it will be uh, not changing that much so for someone that likes to um, also sometimes takes a break from from some formats i just uh, think it's a really good good thing uh, to have these non-rotating formats which which, which, uh, which just have a static card pool and then the last thing this allows is also like uh, pimping out your deck like looking for alterations looking for cool versions of the cards um, because uh, if I do it with legacy like these days the cards are changing so often I invested into so many of yeah. these newer staples that then got oh, yeah. obsolete and I just bought into like mythic edition foil jaces which now are like <laughs> kind of bad already and these things they don't happen if you just have your format which is uh, which is fixed and you can invest a lot more yeah for sure that's that's actually one of the things that uh was a drive for me um to pokemon 99 actually um just i i have a fixed card pool i buy i mean i bought most of the format actually and i can <laughs> yeah, play whatever i want and yeah that that's great i i bought myself uh 400 different uh 400 sleeves um uh, inner outer sleeves uh made everything the same and i have the card pool i play only this card game with it i play only these formats with it and that's great and with with legacy i mean the only things that you can count on that you can play in, in most of the meta games are dual lands and fetch lands and hopefully brainstorm if wizards don't overact in the next 10 years so yeah i think this is these are the the fixed cards we we have for legacy for now <laughs> um but yeah going going to the topic do you think that uh playing in each different format um can hone some different skills or something like that okay let, let's talk about the five different formats and then see which which yeah, skills definitely, transition. Definitely. um so 
now that we have like the general part about these formats out of the way let, let's talk about them uh, step by step i think we wanted to start with magic old school so i got into that sure. recently i actually didn't organize an event it was just that there was a local event run by friends of mine and i um happened to win it and they just uh, promoted it i think a lot on twitter with <laughs> with my handle in it so some some people <laughs> might have thought i organized it but i didn't um yeah i just got into old school i was actually <laughs> it might sound stupid but i had still my money lying around from gp bologna and then also from the from the uh, players tour events and then i actually won some more um events on magic online like the unzd invitational and i think it all uh, not invitational open actually and i think it all accumulated in about i think fifteen thousand dollars and over the last two years and i still had it on my paypal and i was like looking for investment options and then i decided finally decided on one and that was uh, not stocks it was old school um <laughs> so th that, that's the first thing about old school it's it's quite expensive it's quite expensive if, if you want to get into it um but uh, i guess you can you can also play budget options like old school is really not uh not a competitive format really if you if you're looking for like super sharp competitive format old school is is not the one there's better options even with like the um yeah with these older formats which have a, a aesthetic card pool there's there's better options for com competitive play but i think just for fun play old school is is great you have like also these fun elements like flipping uh cars up right <laughs> and oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, sure. I've seen andrea mengucci flips his first chaos orb and destroying a permanent on twitter uh, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. That, that such got a choice to, to see him <laughs> <laughs> that, that got quite some likes which is funny yeah but if you told me one year ago that i would invest like 500 euros into a, a, a card that's banned in every format uh, <laughs> other than like old school which oh, yeah. is not even um yeah uh, a wizard supported format i would have laughed but now i, I did it actually mm. i bought a Carlos orb <laughs> <laughs> and and it's just it's just a fun format you know like it's it's a perfect format if you just want to uh play one-on-one -on -one with your friends um uh play your old cards and these cards are really great i um i love to play with like the old sets with the with, uh, beta cards unlimited but also like the four horsemen um which are let's see um legends antiquities uh the dark um and which one did i forget it, it, it there, there's actually two different old school formats there's there are actually three different there, there's swedish there's um atlantic and there is eternal central and they all have different sets allowed i don't know in which of those uh, homelands uh, not for homelands fallen empires is allowed and which one they aren't allowed so yeah and i said it's so expensive of course it's expensive if you want to buy all the power nine but you can actually play the format without the power nine of course your win percentage will be higher if you if you add cards like a chest recall to your deck um interestingly in this format um they allow collector edition and international edition 
but these prices have spiked a lot like if you would have bought them like a couple of years ago they would have been really cheap but these days you still pay like i think 500 euros even more for the collector edition power i think black lotus collector edition is already above 2000 euro and uh, this is ridiculous to me because these are like not these are basically kind of luxury luxury proxies i think because they're not um, actually uh, allowed in, in in tournament play from wizards so if you ever play vintage i guess vintage is also kind of a dead format but um uh, there's <laughs> definitely more old school players than vintage players these days so <laughs> but uh, yeah th these cards are also allowed but also quite expensive i'm actually advocating that you should also in old school um basically if you have really like cool proxies like artist proof cards of the moxen or the black lotus uh, these things i think they should also just be allowed um the reason i think why initially collect edition international edition was allowed is that the collectors uh, that the the vendors actually wanted to raise the prices on those and sell their cards for more money i think that's 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 mainly the reason i guess it's also good of course for the viability of the format but i think we since it's just a fun format we could as uh, um, as well just make it even more viable by um allowing basically sweet versions of those cards that might not be otherwise compared to tournament legal as well that's that's my opinion at least yeah, it, yeah it's definitely sure. a good opinion actually because it's a completely community format it's with, with no big tournaments or nothing really on on the line it just doesn't make sense to to force everyone to invest yeah two thousand euro into a non-tournament playable black lotus or something like that it's oh yeah <laughs> in, in any community uh, driven format um i think cards like this are the way to go in the future yeah because, i think also the, for legacy the, the, right the you price barrier will get too high for anybody uh, mm -hmm. to bring fresh blood into the format right right i i think even in legacy like the elves players that want to play chaos cradle right you could just i, I don't mind if they have high quality proxies they, they can just they can just play it and most people if they play a format long enough uh, they will actually invest into like <laughs> the actual versions and maybe actually dish out the i don't know what it is these days 2000 euro for a cradle play set um, and, and that's that's fine and they will be happy with it and the same happens in old school like most people just love to buy these old like beta card beta cards and um i actually invested into like a beta mox sapphire beta and just recall because i think those cards are sweet i know that the white bottled version does the same thing so it's it's not uh, because of of power level that you spend more money it's just because you like like these alterations but or these these uh, these um versions of the card but just to like have more people join the format and the same is true for legacy as well um just to have more people join have more people have the option to experience these really sweet formats uh, i think it's just a win-win situation to allow basically high quality proxy cards which i think is old school is actually doing it already with collector edition international edition yeah, I also agree completely here. That's basically the way to go. Uh, probably not now, but um, uh, I am basically not seeing competitive play uh, for Legacy coming back to us. I'm not sure if we will ever get another uh, Grand Prix or, some, or something like that. 
and yeah it's it's basically like like you said we need um we need to lower the entry barrier for the for the players to get to get them to play the format and to experience it and then they will also buy the or, or get the get the real ones um, i'm yeah. i'm curious um how wh what does a typical old school deck cost you if you want to buy it because <laughs> i have literally no idea about the format i have to be honest <laughs> <laughs> well, that that depends. I think there's there's for example, uh, um, co like let let's say tier two decks or maybe even tier yeah. one point five decks. Like uh, I think it's called Pink Weenie, which is basically a white weenie deck playing like White Knight and um, Savannah Lions as a as the best white creature. I think and mm -hmm. uh, all the good white cards like um, Armageddon as well too stay ahead on the board against the control decks and and these decks also just bless red for blood moon because the mana bases are actually terrible besides city of brass and dual lands you basically have no way of fixing in this format so if you play a control deck with like five colors or four colors which the control decks do tend to have you just get them usually with a blood moon so this is a very good deck and even if you want like the best version of it you have to buy like a mox ruby and uh, <laughs> mox pearl and those are of course the most ex uh, most expensive ones i think if you if you look for like let's say loved condition heavily loved <laughs> condition um, you can get them for around a thousand euro each and then the rest of the deck is actually not expensive at all because you can just buy them uh, foreign white bordered. <laughs> okay. Uh, so then the entire deck will probably. Uh, I guess you need plateaus as well. So foreign white bordered plateaus. Those should be around eighty euros. So mm -hmm. I think the entire deck might cost you in the in the final version like two thousand four hundred. And then if you cut off the moxen, it's it's. Um, 400 and then if you cut off the the plateaus and mm -hmm. you go mono white for example you can easily buy your your um old school decks for 80 euros um i actually saw a twitter post of someone playing mono blue like of course without um and just re recall and uh, and, 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 and all the and uh, yeah time walk and these these expensive mm -hmm. power nine cards and he he bought everything from white uh, foreign white bordered and the he said that um, the entire deck did cost him below $25. So actually you oh, can wow. get into the format and these are of <laughs> course then tier two options. But yeah. since uh, people tend to play, even the people that have like all the power, they tend to play like fun, fun decks more than like the hyper competitive decks. Uh, yes. I think you still have, have a good shot of winning. And um, I, have a, I have a friend who, who's like also, uh, he's a student, doesn't have that much money, but he loves old school, and he plays just mono blue Merfolk without like any power pieces, and he's actually winning quite a lot with his deck. I think he was like in the first uh, Freising old school event, which I think had like around 30 players. He was second place, so he's doing really well with a non-powered Merfolk version. So yeah, you can you can actually get even without proxies into the format uh, below 100 euro actually if you that's, if you want to. That's really amazing. I'm, I'm quite surprised by that. Um, th I think this makes the format quite a, f a bit in more interesting. I mean, as you said, you uh, have it to... makes it affordable, actually. Yeah, affordable. Um, do you, uh, for, for people who might be interested in, in, in getting into touch with this format, do you have to, uh, some tips on how to yeah, 
inform yourself about the format because old school is not really represented in um sites that write articles and uh, it's not really represented on let's say goldfish or something like that why do you where do you search uh, deck lists for budget op options or even tier one decks if you want to play that so format I think the most important resource of the format is actually the community. There's a lot mm -hmm. of uh, great ways to get in touch with the community. There's a, an old school um, Discord channel actually that, that I'm on a lot. There's uh, mm -hmm. several old school Facebook groups. I think you can just find them easily. Maybe we can also provide some links. And This would be great, yeah. Yeah, we will definitely put some links into the show notes. And then there's also a resource where you can find there's some some resource where you can find all the top eight deck lists from like the bigger old school events mm -hmm. uh, to see what is actually like competitive. Uh, I'm blanking on the name right now, but we can also is put the, the link into the show notes. I think. Is it the the empty old school MTG blog spot, or is it a different one? Uh, it's actually TCG uh, TCDex.net tcdex.net okay oh actually it's yeah and then you also have to choose old school <laughs> so it's a little bit hidden yeah um, that, that's no problem but if this is a great yeah. tool where you can at least browse through some uh, of the decks um, and as you yeah. said if you can find a deck list about 100 euros it's kind of amazing actually Yeah, for sure. I mean, and as as Mark already said, uh, a format with a closed card pool is really really cool. And and even if you can afford in in the near future uh, a power piece, um, you can upgrade your deck, and you don't need more of this. It's just plain upgrades. If you have the money, it goes into it, and if it will be viable in for forever, actually. Actually, uh, I gotta say that I, I was completely clueless that Foreign Whitewater and, and Revised was legal. Yeah, I think uh, uh, the cards only have to have the same artwork. And the yeah, same they have the same artwork and yeah. um, they actually have to have the old frame and be non-foil. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. That, that's the ruling. So there's even some other reprints, like the, the time shifted ones from Time Spiral is also legal, which makes Psionic Blast actually playable. Otherwise, a Psionic Blast, which is like an alpha rare okay. or beta rare, would be super expensive. And there's actually one card which, which um, I guess we can slide over to the next format, which would be Old School Commander, which I think <laughs> it's even more fun because uh, you get to play even more of the old school pool, even if you want to build a quote-unquote competitive deck, because, you, of course, you, you need to breach out. You have to build a 100-card singleton deck. And like for example, um, I, I built a mono blue deck, and I actually bought for example um, a beta water elemental for that. And when that card arrived, I mean <laughs> it's just a five mana five four. But when you have this beta water elemental in your hand, I was so happy about it. I think I was never that happy about the card that costed less than 10 euro before. So th these these things really make me make me glow, and uh, I, I just I just lo love it. And um, Yeah, in, in, in this in this format, as I said, you can you can play even more cards and also be even more creative because there's even less resources than uh, for the for, for the normal old school. For the normal old school, I, I actually forgot to mention the deck to beat uh, would be 
the deck. It's called actually the <laughs> deck. Yeah. And it's, I know um, the deck, yeah. It's actually like a four to five color control deck that um, just sits around and wants to draw, draw cards with James Day Tome, which is like the Jace, the mind sculptor of the format, a four mana artifact that taps for four mana to draw a card. But since there's not a lot of card advantage outside of Ancestral Recall and uh, Brain Geyser, um, this, this artifact is actually super powerful and will take over the game uh, quite quickly. And since you uh, have all the Moxen and stuff, you can produce the four mana needed every turn quite well. So that is the deck to beat for sure. And um, in Commander, it's not clear actually what is the deck to beat. Uh, the mana bases are obviously even more constrained. Um, the legendary card pool is, is not that huge to choose from. Uh, you have to, like, in, like a normal commander as well, you have to choose one legend uh, as your commander. There are the two and three color legends from Legends, of course. These were the, the only legendary cards in, in the old school sets. But uh, as a matter of fact, you, there's some cards which are considered to be legendary for this format especially which are n cards that are actually carry a name like Zindbad, like alibaba like uncle istvan um there's a couple more i guess we'll also do some links to old school commander rules uh, in the show notes these are <laughs> like monocolored cards um and if you want to go mono blue like me you basically only Oh, you only have one option. Um, that's Sinbad. <laughs> Sinbad, right? That's that. That's. Uh, but he's he's quite good. <laughs> I, I like him a lot. It's a two mana one one that can tap to uh, reveal the top card of your deck. And if it's a land, you draw it. If it's a non-land, you discard it. And there's actually some combos in this format as well with with Sinbad. Um, there's basically a lantern of insight for one blue mana uh, in Legends. It's a Legends rare. And um, it's an enchantment for one blue mana and just says everybody plays with the top card rebuild. So if you have that one out, you can Sintbad at the right moment to um, either mill away a bad card or get your land into your hand, which is, which is very cool. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love that format. You also just play with 20 life, which makes um, Alibaba also a very good option. Uh, one red mana for 1-1, one, one, but you'll get on the board soon. Of course, the late game will be taken over by like the three color legends, but like fixing your three color mana base was basically just basic lands and <laughs> then three dual lands and one uh, one city. City of Brass. Yeah, oh it's quite, God, yeah. quite hard to do. But, but ju just for, for the record here, and th that's kind of important for me. Is there a Mardu commander, an old school commander? Is oh, there no, there is not. There's not. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, so, so that's sorry. not a format for me. <laughs> oh, that, that's sad. But you, you, you can choose to play like two colors out of Madu, which would then be red black. Because you can you can get two and three color generals, but they are all Ellie colored or shards basically. Um, okay. So you can play Esper, you can play Bunt, uh, you can play Junt. Um, yeah, all these elite colors yeah, and Jund then would probably be the next best thing to do <laughs> uh yeah Jund, Jund is as long blue. as i'm not not blue <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think you need to be blue in this in this commander format um 
I think the the most broken card actually we, we chose to play this commander format you will also find again since it's community driven I would love if there was just one a rule set but the the set that we play by is that just every card is allowed we just want to have fun <laughs> and uh, not, <laughs> that's a not, great rule set actually not not restrict us more than, than necessary but I can see a point that there's two cards which are very dominant and um, and uh, or maybe three and the uh, the I think the the most dominant one is probably even um Library of Alexandria because there's not a lot of ways to handle land and usually the games do go long and if one player just draws two cards per turn and the other one doesn't <laughs> that usually leads oh to God. lopsided <laughs> games so you need to need to be ready to destroy some lands for sure and then uh, the other two cards would be just um the, 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 actually the second most problematic one is mind twist because you don't have a lot of counter spells or most decks don't have counter spells at all uh, so it will resolve in these long drawn out games you'll just play this card and the opponent has no cards left in their hand um, which <laughs> is often a blowout too and then the last one would be Brain Geyser, which just draws X cards, which, um, again, in long drawn-out games, if you just draw six cards and there's not a lot of good options to even generate any card advantage, it's, it's also a very, very strong card. But, again, it's a fun format. You play it for fun, and you will have some games which are just, like, you get run over by the opponent, but most of the games are very interactive, and you get to play all your old-school favorite cards, like... Um, Diamond Valley or Island of Vogwad, which I had sitting in my binder for years and I thought I would never play it. I wanted to sell it, but now I found a home in my old school commander deck and it's actually great there because each color has like these monstrous big flying creatures. So Island of Vogwad is a land that taps to reduce the power of a flying creature to zero. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't add mana. <laughs> But it's actually great because it handles all the, the, the big threats of the format, like Sarah Angel, Shivan Dragon, Mahamodi Jin, like all the big ones, all the heavy hitters, they get handled. And um, even if they have multiple ones, it will be hard for them to attack because it's not like Maze of It where they go home. No, they stay in combat and you can just block them to death with their zero power. Oh, oh yeah, that's great. Uh, I was just comparing it to Maze of It. Um. Uh, there uh, is an old school commander. The power nine is not allowed there. No, yeah. everything is or allowed. Everything, everything is. is allowed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, Black Lotus is not as powerful as you might think it is. It Black Lotus, in my opinion, is an old school. Since what, what are you Black Lotusing out? It's usually like Hypnotic Specter, Sarah Angel, which again then can be dealt with with the single sorts of closures or something. Uh, there's not like Jace the Mind Sculptor or any like sick combo that you would just Black Lotus out. I think the best cards to Black Lotus out by a mile by landslide are uh, Time Twister and Wheel of Fortune. And especially in this yeah. commander format, you don't always um, you don't always have them. So Black Lotus is not that strong actually. Moxen are also not that strong. I mean, it's nice to basically have two land drops in one turn. But since the format is super slow, they are not as powerful. I think the most powerful one, again, by landslide is Ancestral Recall. If you just want to buy one power piece yeah. for your old school, buy this one. It's by far the best one. Yeah. Cut. Drawing cards is just too good to pass on. Yeah, and you have no uh, other good options. It's like getting card <laughs> advantage mean, in old school is hard. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, bra brain guys here, but <laughs> it costs you a lot of more mana, actually. Oh, and it's great, but you can only play one. It's restricted in the original old school, yeah. and of course, in, in the commander, you can only play one. Brain guys, is, as I, I, I even mentioned it among the problematic it, cards I, because it's so yeah. good, but then it falls off. You have brain geyser and chest recall, and then what's the third best option? And then your wheels fall off like quite hard because I think the third best option is then already Jane Datum, which costs eight mana to draw a card. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, it's just just a mess. I mean, nowadays you gain drawing a card on yeah every card or something like that. On as long as it's green, it's on every card. Yeah, <laughs> green and blue. Yeah, green and blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that that sums up your your experience with old school commander, and with that we switch card games actually and move on to a newer phenomenon. Actually, I think it's on the rise in the the last few months, in the last two months or so, uh, which is actually Pokemon ninety nine. Oh yeah, I, I, I want to close the thoughts on the on the old school with telling everyone that if you want to join old school commander, just hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up. I, I want to play as much as I can. I will play on Discord. I'll I'll uh, not show the community. I'll like everyone to join and just just text me. Um, I'll help you out. Okay, let's move on Great. to Pokemon. <laughs> so yeah, Pokemon. I am is getting a lot of hype recently. And I think it deserves a lot of hype. It was really like an oversight from the community that it wasn't played a lot. And people just thought, okay, Pokemon is just this children card game. It's probably super easy. It's probably um, a brain dead game. And what is there? Nothing is there. But that is so far from the truth as it could be. It's actually a very, very skill intense game. And despite the fact that there are no instance, instant spells like in, uh, in Magic, which make Magic so great compared to a game like Hearthstone, the, difference, the big difference in Pokemon is that you're passing your turn so often that it almost feels like you can do something in response. Like Usually the games go so long that, that even often one day a player decks, um, uh, which is also a win condition in, in, in the old Pokemon formats, and you have so many decisions and I think the win percentages you can get in Pokemon are even like a lot higher than in Magic. I think if you're really good, you, you can get up to 90 or even more uh, win percentage in Pokemon, which is impossible in, in Magic to get because you couldn't get just get mana screwed or mana flooded, which doesn't happen in Pokemon. So to kick it off, Pokemon 99, the old formats, not, I'm not talking about the new Pokemon cards, I'm talking about the old formats, just great from a... From a strategical perspective and then of course the nostalgia adds, nostalgia adds to it i think a lot of the legacy players a lot of the legacy community has played uh, pokemon or at least saw the cards back when they were first printed in 99 which was actually the first year they were printed so there's a huge nostalgia factor too and then the third thing why it's i think on the rise so much is that it's actually super cheap it's actually dirt cheap you you said that you bought basically the whole format and besides like some of the heavy hitters like um blastoise charizard and bulbasaur which is the final evolutions of like the first basic pokemon those three are actually expensive and that is not because they are so powerful that's just collectability 
but <laughs> every other card is dirt cheap. You can just buy the like the first deck which I bought, which I think is also might be the best deck. It's stall. Like didn't even cost me hundred euros, and I didn't have a single card for it. So it's like super cheap, and you can just get the whole format. And people are investing in it. Of course, the card prices already rise, but I think it's still a good spot to invest into this format. Um, so much fun to play and card prices are great nostalgia is there i can't get enough of it and i think i played last like months i played at least 10 times more pokemon than i played magic okay that, that's uh that's a whole lot yeah <laughs> yeah it is yeah uh, as as you and i already mentioned I, I bought the whole format i think i i bought everything but rain dance which is uh, a really really good tiers strategy in the format um and i think uh, it cost me about yeah 600 650 euros or something like that and this this is really the the whole format except for for this one deck which would need another 200 euros or something like ah more 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 now i, th I think 300 euros because um blasters is actually in loved condition um about yeah 70 to to 80 euros nowadays but yeah this is the the only tier card that that needs a price actually i think the other starters are not really played i mean there is a few of of the how is the green one called in well, German, saw, of oh. yeah the, uh, the Bulbasaur evolution a Venusaur. Venusaur. Oh, it's Venusaur. Which I thought, okay, Bulbasaur is a basic Pokemon then. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's the basic Pokemon. I, I, I think I've seen some lists um, playing, um, but I think more so because of the nostalgia, because of the starter Pokemon um, and not of the, yeah, quote unquote, strategy, uh, yeah, strategic um, imperience. That's it's one of the tier decks. Yeah. So format is pretty cheap. Yeah, and as I said, it's also a lot of fun. Um, and let's talk about what you want to play when you get in. So basically, I think there's, um, I think there's three good options. Basically, like if you talk about tier one decks, I think the right now, which I would consider the best one, but I like control strategies, so I tend to overvalue those. Is just the stall deck, which uses Licky Tongue, a 90 HP Pokemon. Uh, which is a lot of HP and you can just hold off the fort for very long basically um, Let's talk a bit about the how the game flows in Pokemon drawing cards is quite easy. You got like a one-sided wheel of fortune in um, Professor Oak which also costs zero mana which might sound for a magic player completely broken But it's actually <laughs> balanced in this format like in my in my current deck. I only played two even so I could play four amazing that, yeah, so, that's yeah. really kind of strange to hear <laughs> yeah so what what could be the reason for that well it's it uh, it's it's literally wheel of fortune so you have to discard your hand to draw seven cards and it's almost impossible there's a few exceptions but it's almost impossible to retrieve cards from your discard pile so once you discard them they're mm -hmm. gone and as I said, decking is a real issue in this format, like running out of your 60 cards, you can only play exactly 60 cards, and running out of your 60 cards happens a lot. Like, I think most of the games that I played have been decided by decking. Um, it's not the only win condition. I think the 
<laughs> actually game designed win condition is um, killing six of your opponent's Pokemon. And then another option to win the game, which would be the third option, is to kill all your opponent's Pokemon. So if your opponent never draws six Pokemon, like only draws one or two, you kill those one or two and they have none left, they also lose. So these are the three win conditions. Okay. And as I said, like it depends, of course, on which deck you play. I play a deck that wants to win on cards in, in library. So that's why most of my games end on decking. But again, it's a real threat. And so... Discarding your hand, getting rid of cards, which you might want later, while um, also eating up your resource of cards in your deck is a real cost. And so this card is very good, so every deck will play it, but it's not that good that every deck will play four of it. And there's another card, which I personally consider to be better, but this is a huge discussion actually among people playing this format. This format is far from being solved, by the way. Um, the, there's a huge discussion. There's a second card, it's called Bill. It just says draw two cards. Again, these cards don't cost mana. There's no mana in this game. So you just play it and it draws you two cards. And I think this card is a lot better in my, opin uh, in my opinion than Professor Oak. Because first of all, it doesn't cost you to discard cards. And second of all, there's no maximum hand size in this game. So a strategy that you can do is just hold a lot of cards like often at the end of the game or actually already in the mid game I'll I hold like 15 to 25 cards in my hand and that that will what that will do for me is give me a lot of options because if I have 25 cards in my hand um, that means I have 25 cards to play and I think the most important thing in this game is having the correct response having the most efficient response to what your opponent does so holding a lot of cards in your hand is a way uh, to win Pokemon games. And that's why I personally think that Bill is a lot stronger than Professor Oak. But again, Wheel of Fortune might be... Like in, in terms of magic, I think we, we all agree that one-sided Wheel of Fortune is better than Divination. But that might not be the fact for Pokemon. So that's the first deck. It's Stall. You just play this Pokemon that has a lot of HP and is hard to kill. And you try to stall out the game until your opponent runs out of cards. Um, then there's a second deck, which I would consider more like the Junt strategy in Magic, which is like a mid-range deck. It plays Wigglytuff and Jigglypuff, uh, which is like, I think, one of the best, not if not the best evolution Pokemon in the game. You can evolve your Pokemon, which costs you an extra card, and then they should get stronger but actually i think the play design back in the days was messed up such that most evolved pokemon are actually not better than their basic pokemon and the reason is <laughs> that you need energy which is kind of like the lands in magic you need energy uh, to fuel the attacks and the evolved pokemon they needed a lot more energy and since there is uh, easy ways to remove energy and you could only play one energy so easy ways of land destruction basically there's basically a card that just says destroy a land for zero mana so very easy to destroy these energy cards um, that means that most of the evolutions were just worse than the basic pokemon you didn't play them but this this option is actually good because it can deal huge chunks of damage for not that much energy. You just need two energy cards, which is not impossible to achieve. And then you deal 60 damage, which is basically unheard of back in the days. And uh, so that's that's your basically mid-range deck, I call it. Mm -hmm. And uh, as opposed to in Magic, it's not necessarily bad against the control deck. Um, that's a good way. It's called Lars. Um, 
which removes all the trainer cards from the hand and shuffles it back into the deck. So there's a good way to disrupt the control deck, uh, the stall deck, and actually beat them with this Pokemon. So it might actually be an okay or even a favored matchup for the for the mid-range deck. And then there's the third deck, and that was the deck um, that we talked about before, the Raindance deck, which is by far the most expensive deck you can buy because you need four Blastoise or three actually, and they cost around 100 euros. And um, Blastoise has the ability that you can play as many water energy cards as you like, which is the restriction in the game. You can normally only play one energy. And this means that actually like Pokemon that use a lot of energy are all of a sudden viable. And this is actually the aggressive deck of the format or like a combo aggressive deck because you just draw through your whole deck. You play four Oak, you play four Bill for sure. You play... Um, uh, yeah, all the draw cards you can get you play for computer search Which is basically a card that lets you fish for another card from your deck and put it into your hand So you always get more draw and you just in the first two turns you draw like the first 40 cards of your deck But then you have like these huge Pokemon with like a bazillion energy attached to it. it The opponent usually has no way to remove all the energy and then you just go to town if you have a fully equipped Blastoise it has 100 HP and deals 60 damage each turn it's kind of the kid's dream I guess and <laughs> you're just going to town and this is definitely the, the aggressive slash combo deck um, of the format and these I think the three pillars and then of course you can start brewing. The, the card pool is quite limited which I think is the biggest downside of the format if you're talking about downside this this would be my my uh, biggest concern i guess is that um, all the three sets plus the promo cards which are allowed i think don't even reach 300 distinct cards it's somewhere between two and 300 so it's a very small yep. format um but still there's a lot of room a lot of like tech choices it depends a lot on what uh which trainers or which spells you include into your deck which pokemon you include um there's a lot of good options and i think the deck building is interesting the playing is interesting the prices are fine the nostalgia is there so i I, right now, I, I love to play it. And one, one last upside, which I forgot to mention, you don't have a lot of cards on the board. So it's a great game to play with webcams because there's only a maximum of six Pokemon and they just have energy attached to it. Most of the game happens in hand and it's a great game to play via webcam. A lot better than Magic for webcam play. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. For, for that, I can definitely agree on. I mean, I think, Mark, we... we haven't played against each other but we had i mean for me i i had a few duels now online because i assembled my my card pool now and yeah it's very very easy to set up it's yeah easy to start but a very very hard game to master um and with some cards like item finder which can get you a card from the graveyard or computer search that can you tutor a card from your deck um one of uh really really important in in this format and yeah i've definitely learned that having a one of in in your deck can decide a matchup in really really swingy ways so yeah it's definitely something i enjoy and i try to learn in so yeah um mark do do you have anything to add for, for Pokemon 99 for now? Or should we move on to the next format, format, which I think doubled at least the card pool? I think, yeah, more than doubled. Uh, base Neo. 
So I talked about the one downside I think that uh, Pokemon 99 has, it's that the small car, that the card pool is relatively small. Um, I, I still have to say um, that I think that the Pokemon 99, all the sets from base to fossil, is from my perspective the best Pokemon format to play. So it's definitely my favorite format and I'm pretty sure it will stay that way. So if you want to dip your toe into Pokemon, I would 100% suggest starting with Pokemon um, 99. But if you want to play more cards, uh, there's an option. It's it's base new it's called it's basically um, the format that allows the original trainer cards as i said like bill and professor oak and uh, the biggest card pool because if you add even more of the card pool there was a rule change later a rule change and also in these days today's the um, professor oak and bill in combination with super strong pokemon would be completely broken so it doesn't really make sense so this is there's not like this this would be i think compared to vintage magic you have just the biggest card pool with the original heavy hitters like professor oak so that's an appeal to me and i also bought a deck for it uh and i, I like the format uh, it's definitely a format i can i can also recommend and i think there's a lot more to brew a lot more undiscovered potential i'm pretty sure that the best deck there is not discovered yet or at least the the best combination of of cards or the best tech choices for the best deck is definitely not discovered yet so there's a lot of room to improve but now i'm coming to the but and it's a, actually a big but i hate that this format is very very um, luck based you have a lot of very very important coin flips because the best pokemon by far in the format is clefable which is a baby pokemon and has the ability that whenever your opponent attacks they have to flip a coin and if it fails they get to do nothing instead. And that includes attacks that oh, don't even God, do yeah. damage to you. Like there's attacks, like the Fable's attack on its own. It says shuffle your hand into your library and draw seven cards. And there will be a huge amount of games which will just be decided by, okay, I flip. Oh, I get to draw seven cards. The opponent flips. Oh, I don't get to draw seven cards. Sad. <laughs> that, that might be a, a small difference right now because now I have two cards and you have seven cards. And, and since you shuffle in with this, with this attack, uh, you don't even have to pay costs like with Professor Oak. So it's even stronger than playing Professor Oak. So it, these coin flips are super important. And then there's a second coin flip, which is also super important and will determine games on its own. There's a Pokemon that shuffles itself into your library. And since a lot of games also in this format will go to stall out, this format doesn't usually go to deck out because most decks play this Pokemon that shuffle, I think it's called Apome in, in English, that shuffles itself into the library. Yep. But it also has a flip a coin trigger um, that says if you win it, you get to shuffle another card from your graveyard into your library, which is completely ridiculous if you win it because it's it's better than a demonic tutor because it also gains you an extra card into your deck, so you don't need to do the apom trick over and over to shuffle it back in to not die to to decking because you get an extra card into your deck, you basically get an extra turn, but you also get the perfect card from your entire deck back, and so these coin flips are huge, and then often what it's these two will combine that you have to flip a coin for because your opponent has Clefable and you have Apom. You have to flip first whether your Apom does shuffle him at all and that might, if you lose, you might either deck out because you don't shuffle it in or you might lose because your opponent just kills your Apom. It doesn't have a lot of HP. It's easily one-hittable 
Um, and if, if you lose the flip, it doesn't attack, so it doesn't shuffle itself in. So what I'm getting down to, there was a lot of talking, and I guess for people that don't play Pokemon yet, they might get confused. I'm sorry for that. But <laughs> what I'm getting down to, there will be a lot of coin flips, and even so, it's, it will still favor the better player. The super high win percentages and the super skill-based game, almost chess-like that you have in Base Fossil, is not there. And if you if you like just the bigger card pool, more variants, more fun, I guess, because more variants means more different situations that won't come up otherwise, um, and less reproducible games. Uh, play Base Neo, but be be prepared that there will be a lot of important coin flips. Yeah. That, that was something that I think I and another player already discussed too on, on the Pokemon 99 Discord, which we will for sure link in the show notes, um, was that the, the only small thing that's bad at Pokemon games is that you have to flip a lot of coins with attacks like Lickitung in the Storm Mirror or something like, um, yeah, basically um, Sleeping or something like that. Um, but yeah, with having a lot of flips, um, I think it's yeah, it goes even to, to both players because if you flip one coin a game, it's really, really big and deciding. But if you flip 100 coins a game, I think it should be going pretty even for both players. I think even more important than flipping a lot of coins is how decisive the coin flips are. Because in base fossil, sure, you flip a lot of coins, but also the coin flips are not that decisive like uh, if you paralyze the opponent it's of course good it's great and all yeah, yeah. but it's not on the same level as as i said these other coin flips that i made examples of in base new are in where it's all about like whether you get to draw the extra seven cards or not yeah definitely definitely the, the only big conflict i i can think of in in base fossil would be the coin flip on gambler in the stall mirror if it comes down to this one uh, that's an interesting Which, one. It says <laughs> shuffle your hand into your library and then flip a coin. And if you win, you draw eight cards, eight cards. And if you lose, you draw one card. And in the stall mirrors, you often want to draw just one card to uh, <laughs> to uh, out out deck your opponent. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, and then we had another format noted down, which I at least know that you want to get in but i'm currently not sure that you have got into it um have you already played some pokemon ex or are you just currently acquiring the cards and thinking of joining the format <laughs> so the later is true i'm just acquiring the cards for now i i but i read a lot of articles about it i um watched some games of it and of course i i looked at the cards so the card pool in this format is huge it's the hugest uh, the biggest card pool from all pokemon formats that were ever um tournament legal i think it has more than 2000 cards it's ridiculously huge card pool i of course don't know all those cards so it's a uh, it's a deck builder's dream this format and then also there's a block from Jason, I, we should also link that one. It's the best, yeah, for sure. best resource if you want to get into Pokemon. He uh, writes about all the formats. And basically, he also likes Space Fossil the best, like me. But he says um, uh, that just play-wise and card-wise, he loves um, Pokemon EX the most. And the reason why it's not his favorite format is that it lacks the same nostalgia as Base Fossil. And it's a very hard to acquire the cards 
because these cards were just printed less than the original cards and it's very hard to get into this huge format and not only is it a huge format but it's also super complex it's i'm very sure even so i haven't played the game yet it's a lot more complex than even base neo uh, base fossil or the pokemon 99 format as we call it um because the cards they are like they have so many abilities and i think um i'm 100 sure it's super fun to play and and jason just says it's just play wise it's his favorite format and it's super rewarding if you get into it because you make so many decisions you get so many different archetypes like base fossil like or pokemon 99 only has like three big archetypes this this format has like 10 to 20 big archetypes and it's definitely not fully discovered and the games should be super interesting and if you look at the pokemon it's it's insane a lot of those pokemon have like multiple like have like a pokemon power and two attacks and they're all um interesting like attacks that look at the top cards of decks rearrange them almost like ponder and there's this card which wasn't in the original game and then there is like there's so many fun mechanics which i think was part of the development that the game went through and um, it's very skill intense that's what they took out of the game these days these days you have very swingy luck-based games if you just get into the today's standard format basically but back in the days it was just a skill-based format with a lot of tough decisions and a lot of very interesting um, pokemon and trainer cards which have like most of the trainer cards if you look in the back in the days have different options to choose from like uh and 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 not only different options but then for example one of the most played trainer cards says you can search your deck for three basic pokemon which then again which basic pokemon do you take and then uh there is basic pokemon that you can also play as energy cards which are basically split cards between pokemon and energy cards and it's just it's completely crazy um what you can do in this format that's that's why i really am excited to get into it uh and yeah that's that's about it definitely um so we got a a big conclusion over all of the different formats we got the look into the different formats um and what do you think is about the question i wanted to ask the whole game uh whole time um what do you think uh skills that transition easy uh not easily but can transition between formats between games and so on Okay, that, that's a good question. I feel like the the basic skills you need are very similar in, 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 in most games. It's about finding your strategy. You have to have a game plan for every matchup and uh, then execute that, that game plan. And that is important in Legacy, like the deck that I play there, like Band Miracles. Um, you have uh, a lot of cards in there which are important like let's let's make it easy like terminus which removes all the creatures doesn't really matter against combo decks at the same time force of negation uh, isn't that great against most creature decks uh, which is also obvious i guess but then um, you have to have a game plan you have to set up your game plan with your ponder your brainstorm and uh, execute it well and i think that's that's very similar as it is in pokemon even so the gameplay is completely different it's so important that you have your your game plan what you want to do like you have to play you have to think ahead and and with thinking ahead i don't mean like 
chess-wise where you already know what's happening in 10 turns, but you know your basic strategy and you know you will reach a climax point where for example in Pokemon you'll play your gambler to shuffle back in your hand. You need to time this correctly because sure you put more cards into your deck, but at the same time you restrict your options because before you had maybe 30 cards in your hand you had all the options. Now you shuffle them in and you hope to roll a, uh, to, to fail the coin flip to only draw one card. Then the opponent can of course use this as your weakness because now he can maybe go aggressive and, 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 and kick out your Pokemon and win via prizes even so you're great at putting cards into your deck. So you really have to know um, what's your strategy in these different matchups and how to time your cards. And I think that's just um, a general thing. It doesn't matter if you play standard legacy Pokemon. It's just uh, in all these competitive um, um, card games you just have to know your matchups and you have to have a game plan for every matchup. That is what will um, be the most important thing if you want to go competitive. So that's basically the takeaway here. I mean, the takeaway here is you should play the old formats. They are great. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Definitely. And, and affordable, as we heard about old school Pokemon 99 and everything else. Oh yeah, they're so. all affordable, and uh, the the great part about the magic, actually in Pokemon it's the same, you, you can spend any amount of money you like to get your bling bling or promo cards or whatever, in Pokemon <laughs> it's the same, if you if you like to get your first edition Blastoise, be, make sure you got your like, I think it's between 1 and 2,000 euro, if you want it English, it's probably closer to like 5,000 euros each, you can dish out a lot of money. If you if if you so desire, but at the same time you can, as I said, I, I think I bought the best deck. I actually bought most of the card first edition, and uh, it didn't even cost me 100 euros. So you you can go between just a little money and a lot of money, and you just can decide on your own. And it does mostly not impact the um, the power level of your deck, just the pimpness of your decks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fitness is great. Fitness is really great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think the personalization is great, right? I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of alterations, for example, which make your deck really like special and personalized. Alters are also really cool. I mean, I love my alters that I've got uh, for my Death and Texas. It's, it's still my pet project to fully alter this. Um, yeah, I'm not sure when it is finished, but I will certainly tweet it once it's uh, once the full 60 are altered. Yeah, looking forward to that. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it will be great. And with this, I think we can switch to our next topic, which would be the uh, Christmas wishes from uh, our guest and also from our cast. Um, yeah, I think we could start with uh, Daniel. Uh, 2020 is now uh, on its last stage, uh, or the last few days of 2020 have now begun. Um, what are your wishes for uh, for Christmas and your wishes for 2021? Uh, regarding regarding. <laughs> uh, Regarding magic, yeah. Re regarding magic, yeah. I mean, I have uh, some wishes for my own per and personally. Uh, I want to get some more uh, dual lands, of course, to complete my uh, selection of cards that I basically can play 
each and every deck that I want to. And for that, for, I'm needing a couple of more lands, so that's maybe some kind of wish. This is just um, what I wanted to do. Um, for Magic as a format, or let's uh, say Legacy as a format in specific, I personally like the format as is, actually. Um, I just hope that Wizard will be able to print new cards that are relevant to the format, but just don't reshape it completely like we saw in uh, in the last uh, couple of years, uh, in the last couple of years, actually. Um, so it, it can be just a small impactful cards like, I don't know, for example, would maybe be Fatal Push or something like that. Just small, simple cards that don't really break or reshape the format. I like uh, cards uh, like these, um, as they can just um, get maybe some new decks uh, into the format and breathe fresh air into the yeah into the into the existing format. That's basically what I'm wishing for. That wizards might be doing or hopefully will do in the next sets that are coming that's a very very humble wish yeah <laughs> and you peter oh, what are you wishing for yeah I, i'm yeah I'm, I'm close to daniel on this one i'm currently liking the format as it is even though oku is a mainstay in the format but i think we've settled in the format i think we have a lot of things that can deal with it even though it maybe will make some value on the way i mean i'm the painter guy here so i have my in the future again six outs to oko in the main deck in form of pyroblast so it shouldn't be that big of a problem uh and with that i think uh, what I, I want Wizards to do in the near future is maybe uh, print more um, symmetrical um, hate effects. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all for me. Okay, and, and for you, Mark, what are your wishes for Christmas and for 2021? So I agree that the legacy format is great right now. I, I don't understand... Um, the haters that always want to ban something. I'm mostly on the side of unbanning things. Um, I only want to ban things when there's something like completely ridiculous, completely dominant. Like I did actually agree a lot of the decisions that Wizards made in the last year where they um, banned Breach, where they banned um, Ren and Six. Mm. I, um, I would rather see some unbans of the... I think there's a lot of cards on the on the banned list currently in Legacy that could be unbanned. Like I don't think that, for example, a card like Jeff Gomez Bargain, which seems like a worse uh, Grizzlebrand, uh, will actually have a huge impact. It will maybe allow some more combo decks, uh, but they they can use some strengths, and so I, I don't I don't mind that. And yeah, again, there's there's some other cards I think they they could they could unban and um, then what would i wish for for new cards that they print so of course i i would love that the legacy format doesn't change this rapidly because we all love the format for being able to stick to our deck also for a couple of yeah. years and not have to change it a few every few months and 
as such i, I would like less less haymakers uh, and then I like more interactive cards. Like I, I, I hate the non-interactive cards. Like I think non-interactive cards that just also kill archetypes are bad for the game. And these like cards like Plague Engineers is not really great. Even so, you wouldn't ban it on power level. Um, cards like that, or also cards like Allosaurus Shepherd. I, I like that they strengthen the elves archetype, but I think the way that they did it, I don't like it really because it says you don't interact as a blue deck. And I think I'd rather see something that draws them cards or give them mana or just something to strengthen their combo or their, their, their deck in general, but not, not just for bit interaction, which is, I think, in my opinion, the best part of the game. And then the second thing I would like to be printed is cards in the direction of Brainstorm. Maybe not the power level of Brainstorm, but the choices <laughs> that Brainstorm give you is, uh, is really great. And I like games where you do have a lot of choices. Then my last wish, last wish, so I have a lot of wishes, sorry, <laughs> but the last wish would be that they, that they redo the um, companion mechanic and actually make it good. Yeah. Because I think the mechanic itself is so great. When I saw, saw Lutri being, being um, spoiled, I was immediately in love and thought it was a great mechanic. You have, you have to give a lot, to, but you get a lot. Like, what do I mean by this? By Lutri, you can only play singletons in your deck which is a really huge restriction and you would never do this without um, Lutri being there but then you get this card that is just awesome and you can always play it but then they nerfed it to, into unplayability just to make some other cards which they printed which were completely ridiculous because the deck like the restraint on your deck is just not not harsh enough like uh, playing 80 cards is just not a very harsh restriction. If they just made it play 100 cards or maybe 120 or something, it would be a lot more interesting and a lot more balanced. So I would like to see the original mechanic, but with um, with like uh, deck restrictions that are actually restrictive enough that they are not an auto-include, and that would spawn new archetypes, and that would be super interesting, and I would love to see that, and would, that would be my biggest wish. A companion mechanic was great but um for me something that i disagreed here was i wanted the companion mechanic to a uh, companion mechanic to do something for specific archetypes um and don't be value engines for me um the, the problem with yeah lurus was that it was just too good as a value engine that it fit into too many strategies that can abuse it actually I think the biggest uh, problem again is that the restriction on your deck isn't that big. I think with 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 uh, Lurus, it's obvious that they could have just said every card has to cost two or less mana, and maybe that yeah. would have actually made it balanced. But the way that they worded it, there were actually legacy decks like Storm, which could just yeah. add it for free, and that is really bad design. Or like in Vintage, oh, yeah. it was completely ridiculous because the restriction is basically not there. You can still play your forces and all the cards. And that is a problem. If you just get this card for free, that is completely ridiculous. And that is the first time they had to ban something like in Vintage, right? Because it was just yeah. too good. And uh, I, um, I just think it's all about the deck restrictions. If you just make the restrictions tough enough, you will see archetypes that didn't exist before getting fueled by the sweet mechanic that basically gives you an eighth card in your hand. Yeah, it's... Yeah. it's it's basically like we said in one of our previous episodes. If the uh, if there are uh, th there's basically two ways for the companions to to 
to go along. Either, either you have a lot of companions with a lot of different deck restrictions, or you or just ban them completely, or, or make some some rule change like they did. So, uh, in the in the sense of of diversity, I I I'd like to uh, say that uh, I think more companions could be great for the game as as a whole. I mean, yeah. it, it was the problem. If you have uh, harsh deck restrictions, I think it, it would solve itself because not every deck would be able to play a companion. But with the soft restrictions we had with the core companions, it was just too easy to fit the companions into a, into a shell. Yeah, I think and if you balance it correctly, and then the goal should be that about, let's say, 20, or let's say between 10 and 30% of the meta game play companion that that would be a good goal which means the default is still to not play companion because the restrictions are so harsh but it is an option to play one yeah uh, like it is with yorion now yeah yeah the, the thing with yorion now is the restriction isn't very harsh but the payoff isn't very good like you <laughs> still have to play three ma pay three mana to draw a card which is kind of casting divination which is a card you would never play so the the payoff is just not not there anymore which i don't think is a way to go i think it's now they basically have a light light restriction with a very light payoff what i would like to see is a harsh restriction with a huge payoff that would be mm -hmm. so cool because it would really spawn archetypes because these light restrictions they just say okay you take an assisting deck you, you take these light restrictions, you fulfill them, basically still have the same deck and add this companion, and that's boring. Oh yeah, that, that's true. The, the, that's, why, that's why I can agree on. I agree, sir. So. Yeah. And we have one who hasn't wished something. And what do your wishes fill for the next year? Um, yeah, my wishes for the next year are I'm I'm buying myself a tropical for Christmas, so now I'm finally able to uh, play almost everything. I have now every duel at least one time, um, and I'm contemplating at the moment if I just uh, buy another one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because I don't think that the prices are dropping anytime soon. So um, basically, I'm looking forward to uh, acquiring yeah. two tropical islands now. And yeah. Uh, yeah, with that, I'm able to play Doomsday, which is a very interesting deck. And it's something I'm looking forward to. And also, uh, uh, my other wishes for... Uh, for MTG in 2021. Uh, I'm a little bit uh, different here. I would like to see Oko gone. <laughs> um, but, it's, uh, but it's basically... Uh, here I'm a little biased because I'm a, uh, I'm a lover of, of non-blue mid-range piles and also uh, a lover of combo piles. Uh, and now I can just play one of my... Uh, of my, of my MTG uh, laughs, basically, 
uh, and I'm starving for uh, a little bit of uh, Mardu Pyromancer <laughs> brewing. <laughs> uh, and, and as long as, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm a little bit biased here. Uh, and as long as Oak was in the format, um, I can't do anything that's non-blue-green. But uh, isn't in, in isn't Death in Texas great right now? They got this new spirit that just eats Oko alive. I think uh, actually um, Death in Texas is favored against almost every Oko deck out there. Uh, so so with Skycliff apparition, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, but I have and I've played enough Death in Texas in my life, um, and I really like the the uh, choices that playing more colors uh, brings to you and and I also love to to play uh, off the wall and fringe decks L like a friend of mine said I love fringe shit piles <laughs> 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 uh, and I and I like to tune them and and often I do this to a little bit of a uh, little bit of success like my two co-hosts can confirm um, so, so yeah, like I said, I'm a little bit biased here. Um, that's the only thing I would like to be banned. Uh, and like you said, Mark, um, the, there are a lot more unbans than bannings that uh, could happen. I would love to see Lurus get unbanned. Like we said in the, uh, uh, in the end of year legacy round table from Joseph Dyer, um, we think, uh, or my opinion is that uh, unbanned Lurus with the current, with the current uh, companion Errata won't do anything for uh, won't do any damage for the format, and it probably also won't uh, push the blue decks further. So what it basically does is push Defen Texas and push maybe. Uh, a dead guy ale-like brew or some chunt-like uh, mid-range pile and it would bring more diversity into the format. Uh, I'm uh, not sure whether the Christmas wishes are open for discussion but I would, I would disagree with <laughs> this because I think <laughs> Lurus would just go into every combo deck and uh, decks like uh, Doomsday would just love to have Lurus and they would always have to play it just because it's free to play for them, right? And I think that's that's not a good thing to have, just a card that is uh, just a companion that is free for a lot of decks and legacy. And then I'm not sure it would actually push Death in Texas because you have to cut the Skycliff apparition, which is a huge uh, part oh yeah, of I Death in Texas. The, I forgot about the Skycliff apparition here, yeah. Um, but I, I would just love to, to get something something with the ability of Lurus that you can play in the main deck. Th Let's agree on them printing more <laughs> companions that are balanced. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah, that that's that's, that's kind of great, yeah. And also um yeah, that's basically my wish from Wizards of the Coast to buff the non-blue fair decks. That would be great. That's a good wish. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, and with that, we have our last topic of the day now. Um, after we wished for everything, we got another wish. And this one is we 
yeah i mean mike you you said you had another big big deck to introduce everyone to because hull breaching is everywhere now <laughs> that's actually not at all what i said <laughs> <It's okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I just said that in the last couple of days I discovered a new archetype uh, which which I like to explore more and which is very fun because I have been very committed to Bund Miracles for a long time now but I got a bit frustrated lately on it on MTGO there's just one deck it's literally one deck that you can't beat or maybe it's a couple of decks that they clump together as one deck and that would be the Cloudpost decks you just You, you have no option. Your, your deck is not built to beat this, ca the, this card uh, because they will just dominate the late game by just hard casting an Emrakul and there's nothing you can do about it or just, <laughs> I don't know, getting out Eye of Ugin and you just can't do anything with, against it. So I have been frustrated with Spunt Miracles. I think from the last, um, let me count, 10 matches that I played, I played uh, five of them against Cloud Post decks on MTGO, which is completely ridiculous. So... <laughs> I, I might have run into a lot of them, but there are also a lot of them, so uh, it's not a good choice. And so I was I was thinking about what else I could play, and then I just saw Jeff White um, posting a Hull Breacher list with a Hull Breacher Days Undoing combo. And I actually was thinking about that list or that combo before. I actually talked about it in, um, in Julian's podcast, um, Everyday Eternal, about it, that I had the idea of, of basically bringing back Splinter Twin to uh, Legacy because you can end of turn fl flash in the Hull Breacher and then in your turn Days Undoing and what that would do is give you seven cards the opponent would go down to zero cards and you would get seven Lotus Petal along the way which is in my experience I cannot imagine a lot of situations where that is not just game over <laughs> because you have oh, a full yeah. hand, oh, you yeah, have infinite sure. mana your opponent has no cards in hand and even if they are very ahead on the board you can you can just get get back into the game so easily it's just ridiculous so it's basically win the game so it's it's splintered win it is splintered win but the difference to splintered win is that both pieces are blue so you can pitch both of them to forcible which is super important and both pieces are good and on their own um why so Heartbreacher is obviously just good on its own because you can just sometimes play it in response to a brainstorm and just win the game by doing that um but um, why is Days Undoing good? Mm, Days Undoing is good because of the Planeswalkers that you would play. And the Planeswalkers that you would play are Teferi and Narset. And um, of course, Narset does a very similar thing to Hullbreacher. Your opponent only draws one card. You draw the full seven, which is great. Um, and Teferi allows you to play Days Undoing in your opponent's turn, for preferably in your opponent's draw step. So if you have like a Narset out, out, you just days undoing in their draw step, they go down to zero cards and you don't end the turn, you just draw up to seven cards. So Teferi is, is very good with, with days undoing as well. So I saw this shell from, from Jeff, um, alias Pokimoki on, on Twitter, and I immediately had to try it out. He had like Noble Hierarchs in it, and I went four and three in the challenge, which is not like great, it's okay. I made a a couple of play mistakes i think i could have gone five and two if i played a bit better but yeah i didn't really like the hierarchs but the idea itself i liked it before and then i saw this list and it was like really fleshed out like i think that jeff white is the best 
deck builder right now for Legacy. He's so creative, has a lot of ideas and knows the format so well because he's playing so much. And he's also very smart. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's also the, the inventor of Pokepile. That's true, that's true. And um, so I kicked out the Noble Hierarchs and instead replaced them with uh, my style of cards, which would be Terminus, more Ponder, the Sylvan Library, and actually um, Gaia Reach Sanatorium, because that can actually completely lock out your opponent with uh, Halbreacher or Narset. It's unfortunately bugged on Modo, so you can't play it right now. If you use it in combination with Halbreacher, just you have to discard two cards and your opponent doesn't have to discard, which is pretty bad. It's basically build your own Bazaar of Baghdad, draw one, discard two. And uh, But yeah, so I replaced those cards, made it very controlling. I 4-1 my first league with it, uh, only losing a match where the bug mattered a lot, uh, which I might have won otherwise, I don't know. Uh, so it was great, and I'm gonna play it a lot more. And it's ov obviously a lot better against CloudPost because you can just lock them out of the game uh, and never have them draw a card ever again. So you actually have a win condition now. That's that's something I really really enjoy in in control shells um, that you have uh, that you have the oops I win button basically. That's that's the the reason I only played control shells with with painter combo in it because yeah. You can still do a control game and sometimes you just press, yeah, oops, I won. Yeah, and that's that's really great. It's a really new angle for Bunt. It's, of course, not as controlling anymore as the original Bunt Miracles list. You have to uh, cut a lot of your late game cards like Shark Typhoon and I actually cut down to zero Jaces, which is sad. I love that card. But um, you have to cut down these late game control options. But you have this combo and, as I said, Halbreacher into a Days Undoing is just game over. Yeah, so what what's basically happening here uh, happening here is now you're evolving from a control player into a combo player, and this is your first step. <laughs> no, no, that, that's not at all what's happening. One of us, one I, I, of I, us. I, I, I love to play Splinter Twin. <laughs> just as almost anybody, I love to play Splinter Twin back in the days, and I just still play it as a control deck with an oops I win button which is again normally like it wasn't needed for a really long time in legacy but now I think it's more needed than ever with all these cloud posts popping up everywhere <laughs> yeah I think there was uh, the time uh, when I think it was Ikoria where Song of Creation was spoiled I was experimenting with it uh, yeah building various different lists um, playing the, the deck for two weeks um, a lot of leaks, burning a lot of money because I couldn't build the deck correctly to, to function because the problem was e either you built it to, to save, then your combo was just bad, or you built it as a fast combo, then it was just a bad TES list or something like that. Um, and yeah, in, in this time period, there was actually a split, split twin coming up. Um, don't know who uh, who the creators were that were playing it, but I think Max Dorshan actually was one of the guys that were was playing Splintered Wind for for a few weeks or something like that. I think Daniel and I we we talked about it back in the store or something like that. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, because yeah, I actually tried this uh, version, but as already was mentioned. The card split twin on its own just feels like a dead card sometimes. It just do, doesn't do anything on its own and it's four mana, so... Yeah, it's too ex one mana too expensive. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. and also the really other part, good. both parts are not that great on their yeah. own. But the, yeah. the fun part again with Hybridger now is both parts are blue, both parts are great. Uh, it's really just yeah. you have Sprinter Twin now in Legacy, and you can play it even more combo heavy than I do. You can also mm -hmm. jam four of each and really have it be a combo deck. It's insane. Yeah. For sure. Maybe I have to look into this as well because I, I really like the idea of Splinter Twin also in Legacy, but it just felt a little bit too weak overall. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's no reason to play Splinter Twin now with, yeah, with sure. these two cards now. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, Unfortunately, I think the Hull breaches are a little bit expensive. Oh, yeah, 70 tickets, I think. So I need my mana traders account for this one <laughs> to, <laughs> to borrow you some cards, Phil, again. <laughs> so, yeah, we uh, can yeah. work that out for sure. The, you have to borrow me some cards for the for the Italian event in on yeah, 27th. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but I, I'm actually boycotting Modo right now. I, I'm I'm gonna only play again once I fix the. Gaia Reach. I want to play that card and I'm so pissed <laughs> that I spent like 70 tickets per Breacher. Actually, I got them lent this time by Jeff. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's really like if you spend that much on a, on a, on a card and then it's bugged, it's really annoying. And, and I really oh, yeah, want to play I it. See. I think that Sanatorium is actually, the Gaia Reach Sanatorium is actually super sweet. I, I liked it before in like a commander, one-on-one -on -one commander with, with Leovold and these things. And yeah, it, it seems cool, honestly. Uh, I'm not sure it's good, but it's cool. Yeah. Would you play it as a one-off or uh, would it yeah, be... Yeah, yeah. It's legendary. You would never would play too. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm also a really, really big affiliate for yeah, one-off um, cool lands because I'm in most of my painter lists, I'm playing the, the, how's it called, the Academy Runes just to, yeah, overpower them with my painters or my grindstones just to kill their removal completely because they only have a few of those <laughs> did you ever try out the painter list with minotaurs in it uh, no unfortunately not and there i think it's a month ago, ago or something like that when um stefan schutz actually was playing it in the, yeah the i think he five event, out the lead yeah Five for the league and then played it in the city event. Uh, Julian streamed with it and went for one or something like that with it too. Yeah, it it looked really really cool actually. I liked the how's it called the the three mana tutor for for a wonder artifact. I'm currently not sure. Trinket mage. Yeah, trinket mage. Trinket mage in this list is just insane. It's it's gorgeous. Yeah, but cool. yeah, that I think that the top painter list currently is for sure the the rug painter list from Stefan Schutz yeah oh yeah yeah oh yeah it just looks so clean now the painter brewer <laughs> 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 yeah the li the list is really really cohesive and yeah it beats on all the blue decks for sure yeah i mean six six red elemental plus in the main deck is just yeah and and two veils or something right I think two, yeah, two whales in the main deck, one whale in the side, but something like that. Yeah, um, ridiculous. I think he's playing six forces or something like that. That's also um, a deck I could never beat with Spunt Miracles. I played against it a couple of times. It's just, uh, it's just impossible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but about this topic, um, for me, I 
I'm currently now in a, I think for me in a healthy mindset because there's some matchup I literally can't win and I won't do anything against it because they're so bad. I will for sure lose to every sneak and show player that's coming around because, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, Emrakul is just a beating and I'm not sure that you want to play three or four surgical tasks just to can get rid of it. What about Cloud Post? They play Emrakul too. Yeah. We, so locally we don't have cloud post players cloud post players so currently it's fine. <laughs> but it, yeah. Actually in real life I own Bunt Miracles and Cloud Post. Those are my two legacy decks I own. <laughs> okay. So that's a funny coincidence actually. So, so if you come around you have to take Bunt Miracles actually. <laughs> oh I never play the Cloud Post, I just own it because I don't like the deck. <laughs> 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 so, so there's one one person less that can play it <laughs> actually the only restricted card in the entire deck is tabernacle and it's only a sideboard card so i think it's a pretty easy deck to build cloud post is it's actually a really yeah, cool it deck it's really cheap for legacy standards if you cut out the tabernacle it's uh, really cheap it's one of the cheaper tier one decks i think it's tier one or tier 1.5 it's maybe tier one yeah. mono green cloud yeah. post yeah, it's currently definitely on the rise. Yeah, it's also very fun to play. the the big The big thing that the deck got is uh, Elfish Reclaimer. It's just the perfect card for the deck. Yeah, tutoring up everything you kind of want for each situation is apparently really really big. <laughs> and 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 a very good uh, um, target for your green sun scene. Before that. <laughs> didn't have a lot of good uh, early game targets for Green Sun Zenith. Yeah. Do, do they play Green Sun Zenith? For, for which creatures are they tutoring to? Yeah, the Try most important one is always uh, Primeval Titan. It's just game over for most decks once you tutor for one. So they play usually four ah, Zenith yeah. and three Titan. Okay, yeah. I, I completely dismiss the Titans. I, I, I'm just about the old... Uh, yeah, colorless yeah. shells where where you only had yeah the yeah only the the titans the miracles. Yeah, if and you want to play cloud post guys for everyone out there that wants to play cloud post, don't play the colorless shells. They are okay too, but green green post is better, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it put up the numbers in the recent times. It's I, also I more fun. You actually have instants. You have instants like crop rotation. Uh, once upon a time, average uh, uh, reclaimer is kind of an instant too because you can just uh, use ability instant speed and search for the Bajuka Bok or something in the right moment. So it's uh, it's more fun to play and it's stronger. Okay, and yeah, with this I think we covered everything. We wrap it up here. Cool. So um, just a little bit advertisement from our side. Uh, if you like what we are doing, I um, So, <laughs> 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 um, So I, f I think we we wrap it up here. Um, Daniel, how can we yeah. find you? Um, it's uh, at Flying Deliver on Twitter. Peter, what about you? You can find me on at Unicorn Lord, but the O in the Lord is a zero. At Twitter. And you, Mark, how can we find you? 
You can also find me on Twitter. It's at I came to game with an underscore between all the words. And uh, you can also find me on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Pemmen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and as always, you can find me on Twitter. It's at FinnegMTG, P-H-I-N-E-K-M-T-G. And also our next stream from the Austrian Legacy League Cup is happening on the 2nd of January on, I think, 20 o'clock. And it's on twitch.tv slash Austrian underscore legacy. By the way, you can also follow the Austrian Legacy League Twitter. It's also at Austrian underscore legacy for all the infos on this tournament and when the stream starts. So, Peter, with this. In response, the end. <laughs>